0: You're part of God's great plan and purpose for this world. And my case study is actually that movement that Jesus founded. That movement he started. And uh, the exciting thing, you know how sometimes you're you're reading the scriptures and and then... um, We've been missing something, and, and the Holy Spirit adds something to the text that wasn't you, it wasn't there 18 months ago. And uh, he's doing that, every. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. He just drops it in everybody's Bible. It's like an update. So I, I was reading the book of Acts for years and years, and I was sort of missing something, and so the Holy Spirit, about 18 months, he added in uh, that Acts is about everything that Jesus began to do and teach. And I, I'd never seen that word, began, before. I thought, look, that wasn't there a year ago. What have you done? <laughs> and it began to dawn on, I couldn't leave. The, the Luke and Acts, they're one, one story in two parts. I just couldn't leave it. kept reading them and rereading them. and. Another piece of the puzzle, that I I don't know if you realise this, but Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. We're in his presence right now. And so what he started in the gospel, he continues as the living law in the book of Acts. There's another surprising thing about the movement that Jesus started. It doesn't stop. You know, we sort of feel like the last apostle died and then, you know, things sort of ground to a halt and, and, and somehow, you know, Jesus has left the planet. This stuff doesn't happen anymore like it did in the days of Acts. When you get to the end of the book of Acts, there's no end. You know, Paul has dominated the thing for the last half of the book. We don't even know what happened to Paul. It just leaves him there, sort of waiting trial. He might, have, he might have been convicted and executed. He might have been released. And then perhaps he got across to Spain and a couple of years later he was re-arrested. And ex- they, we don't know. One way or the other. Luke's not worried about what happened to Paul. Because Acts isn't about the early church in one sense. It's not about Peter. It's not the story of Paul. Key character in the Book of Acts is the Living God. The Living God, and so Luke is sort of following these stories. He gets to the end, and there's Paul under arrest. He's under house arrest, but the gospel is going out unhindered from Paul. People are coming to him. They're hearing the gospel, and the God, and, and now. Now the gospel is, is there in the center of power. You know, it's made it to Washington, finally. <laughs> you know, it's as though if God had his way, he, he'd choose Knoxville. <laughs> and he'd he bypass Washington. We know that. Well, eventually, the gospel gets to Washington to run. And there's all. The word of the Lord is continuing to go out. And, and the sort of recurring theme in Acts, we'll get to prayer is the advance of God's dynamic Word. And it's this living, powerful force. We thought, I mean, the Word of God, the the written Scriptures are the dynamic Word of God. But you can't contain what God has to say just within His Word. It's got to break out all the time. And do you know there's, uh, there's, there's only one message Recorded in the whole of the book of Acts to believers. And they're not even in church at the time. They're with Paul. At the, you know, they've met him at his boat. Every other time we get into the word is not on a Sunday morning, it's out in the marketplace, it's in people's homes, it's advancing. And you know what the leaders of God's church are doing? They're trying to catch up to what the progress of that word. And even when it's breaking out, sometimes we don't know who these people are. They're just ordinary believers from Knoxville. And there's been persecution, and they've got scattered, and they don't have permission. This is not being led by the senior pastor. God's word is advancing, and it's going to places they never expected and the apostles are sort of running to catch up to see what God has already done through his people. So you get this story of what Jesus began and did and right throughout his story prayer plays a key role. I mean the birth of John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus is announced as God's people are at the temple praying. When Jesus is being uh, is uh, baptized and the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he's in prayer. He's thrust out into the desert where he is waiting on the Father. He's fasting and spiritually fighting the evil one. And then he's stepping into his public ministry. When he chooses his disciples, he's praying all night. We can get it do away when the church meets. when you've got a an elect and, and a new leader. You, you, just, you just need to pray all night as a church. I don't know. And then you can have a meeting. <laughs> He's praying all night. He's teaching his disciples to pray. You know, they're coming to him and say, Jesus teaches to pray. And he gives them that pattern of prayer. Not just to recite, but it's a pattern. To build into our prayer lives. And he's teaching them one big lesson about persisting in prayer. Be like that neighbor banging on the door until, you, un, un, until the guy gets out of bed and gives you what you want. Now how much more your heavenly Father who loves you. If you ask him you know, to give you a piece of bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask, if you seek, if you knock, he will give you good gifts. And how much more will he give, Luke says, his Holy Spirit to you? So Jesus teaches them to pray. He's in prayer when they come to arrest him. He's pressing on his disciples to pray. And he says to Peter, the the sort of leader of the church to come, who is... Facing his greatest failure in life. And he says, Peter, you're going to blow it. You're going, this is going to be the worst moment of your life. But I have prayed for you. So turn and strengthen your brothers when you put things right. You know, Jesus is praying on the cross. It's the last words he utters is a prayer to God. Father, into my head. Your hands, I commit my spirit. He's praying for those who have uh, murdered. And then what does he tell the disciples to do? Before, you know, they're coming out of their worst failure, they're, you might as well write them off. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, we, we would not be here today. He is the one who brought them back together. And he tells them, go and wait in Jerusalem and pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit that will come at Pentecost. And so God's people, the church, it's, we are born in a, in a time of prayer. And then every advance, you see, in this movement that Jesus started, there's a place for prayer. So the police have come, and Brother Doug, and maybe Joey, and some of the other pastors have been put in prison and treated roughly, and there are God's people gathered to pray. I'm sure you've got a few attorneys here that could also do some work at the same time, and you know a few politicians, and you're pulling a few strings, but the church didn't have those things. They are praying. And you know, God answers our prayers beyond our wildest dreams. Because on one occasion, Peter's sort of banging at the door at the prayer meeting. Out comes Paul, was it Rhoda, I think was her name. And she takes one look at Peter and slams the door and runs back inside and says, God's answered our prayers. He's here. And everybody says, you're a crazy girl. (laughs) God doesn't answer prayer like that. We just want a spiritual release for our brother. You know, as he sits in prison and there's Peter. And then he's off to another time prayer meeting. And Stephen, this is the first Christian martyr that we have a record of. His last words, just like Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. He prays and dies. And that young man who's there, Saul, giving agreement to all of that. One day, God answers Stephen's prayer. And Saul is forgiven. Think of that. Saul is forgiven in answer to prayer. And you know, sometimes we think of prayer as, and it can be, long hours and you know, spiritual warfare in the heavenlies and energy and all of that. All Stephen had as he died was one sentence. Father, forgive him. That's all he had. Probably one of the most powerful prayers ever prayed. Just one brief sentence because it's prayed out of a life surrendered to God. It's not just the volume of prayer. It's the heart in prayer that is surrendered to God. It's the authority he had. So when, when God steps in and grabs this young man Saul and totally transforms his life, Stephen's prayer is answered. A little while later, Acts 13, we have a first example of a, of a missionary band. Just a group of church leaders gathered together, praying, worshipping, and ministering to God. They were not looking at statistics. They weren't looking at demographics. They weren't sort of doing a strategic plan. They were just praying and worshipping. I think they were fasting too. Shut down the breakfast, please. And God speaks and says, Set apart these two guys. Set them apart. And release them. And out of that, you know, the gospel goes into Europe, into Asia Minor, which is sort of uh, today's Turkey. And that incredible movement that came out of Paul's ministry. So, Brother Doug and I were sort of, we're, we're older and wiser men. We were talking about, well, you know, people get all bit out of shape. Is this up to us if we don't pray? Is this up to God? Does it matter if we pray? And none of those questions are of any concern whatsoever to God or to Luke's account. He just says, this is a work of God. You cannot stop the dynamic spread of his word. Amen? Amen? It's not up to you. It's a work of God. I mean, what on earth did Paul do to earn his place in church history as one of our greatest ever missionaries since Jesus? You know, those people that slammed the door on Peter's, in Peter's face and couldn't believe he'd been released. You know, you know, It is a work of God. We are stepping into something that God is doing. He is the main character in this story. Okay? But Jesus commands his followers to wait in Jerusalem and to pray. At every key moment in his life and ministry, Jesus is in prayer. He's also doing a lot of other things. He's not just in prayer. He's out doing a lot of other things. But in the midst of that, he's praying. All of the key breakthroughs that we see in the advance of the gospel are connected with prayer. And that's all we need to know. We are in partnership with the almighty God. And wherever the word goes, there's two fruits of it. Disciples are made who learn to follow and obey and trust Jesus. And they are gathered into communities that we call church. That's the fruit of our mission. There might be a lot of other consequences that come. Maybe God will bless our city or our state or our nation. There's no guarantee. He wants to bless it, but there's no. Maybe everywhere the gospel goes, there'll be trouble and riots and division. But we know wherever it goes, there are disciples made and churches planted that reproduce. And God has invited us into that place. Do you want to partner with the Almighty God? And see lost people found, lives transformed, and history shaped by the living God. Do you want to stand one day in His presence? And and you go there and, and some of the younger men they go to college and they'll want the Lord to be explained. you know, was it Calvin or Arminius or you know, what doctrine of prayer do we have here? And you're not going to care anymore. Because you're going to be in the presence of God, celebrating for all eternity what He has done, and He has invited you to be a part of that.
1: And it's a mystery.
0: And you are going to be celebrating that mystery for the rest of your life. You are going to see people in heaven who you've prayed for and you've never met. I've just been talking to Ron, hearing about uh, folks, uh, refugees from Tibet and how hard it is to reach them and his heart and passion. You can pray for those people and one day you'll be with them for eternity in glory. And God will be eternally grateful because you've shared His heart for people and for the glory of His name. So let's forget all of the calculating and all of the excuses. Let's just take up God's invitation to partner with Him, with His dear Son, You know, someone has once said, you know, we're going to have all of eternity to celebrate our victories, but we have just one brief moment in which to win them. So let's win them and look forward to that celebration. Amen.